Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. everybody welcome to another church planner podcast this is pete mitchell and this is peyton jones peyton jones coming to us all the way from uh minnesota right minnesota <laughs> i think that's where i'm at right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i you know it, it's been funny i i feel like i've literally lived out planes trains and automobiles we were up in oregon last week uh, listeners recall hey jerry uh we were up in <laughs> oregon Listener recalls. <laughs> I got a bit ambitious there, overreached. I, I put it, I made it plural. Um, so anyways, yeah, you know, I went up to Oregon, worked with uh, The Door, which uh, is one of the new breed church plants, and was there for a week and had said to the wife, hey, uh, let's, that's a beautiful place up there. Let's go ahead and take a week of vacation. And the first day of our vacation uh, we got a call from the adoption agency. I, I adopt children. I have to buy my children. So anyways, uh, they called and said, hey, uh, we got a baby here. Uh, baby is uh, uh, an intensive care unit, and we need someone right away. So we got on a plane. It's still touch and go. We don't know if it's going to go through, but man, I am tired. In the meantime, I've been bombarded with interviews every day. Uh, this week about Church Zero, and it looks like there's more to come next week as well. So I am as tired as a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. And that's pretty tired. <laughs> Telling him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. Um, it, I think it's crazy that how, how all that stuff is kind of playing out. I mean, and and you know, you don't know yet if the adoption is going to actually go through, and that's obviously emotionally stressful. I'm assuming considerably stressful it would be driving me up the wall and then you know at the same time nick you as you know uh, my situation with my son he was born premature though not as premature as uh, as this child was and and luke was in the nick you for 25 days and that's that's emotionally draining 
It is. And you know what? I got this weird thing. I don't know if a lot of church planners have this, but I have this thing where I can go, 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 go. And then one day it'll hit me. And uh, yesterday was one of those days where everything just came, you know, crashing down on top of me. And, and you know, for some reason, I, I seem to have a lot of stamina. I seem to, to kind of just plow forward like an ox, man, and, and put my hand to the plow and don't look back. And uh, yesterday I was like, oh, you know, just kind of uh, buckled a bit and, you know, it hit me. So we're all human. And uh, that's always good to know as well, you know. Um, I always thought if I preach at a uh, pastor's conference, I'm going to take that passage out of Numbers where uh, Moses says, God, do you hate me? Literally, this is out of the scripture. He says, God, do you hate me that you have put me with these people? <laughs> I've never heard a pastor give that at a, at, a, at a conference. But I think, you know, everybody has their limit. Elijah crawls up and into a fetal position under a broom tree and says, you know, juniper tree and says, hey, God, kill me now. And uh, everybody, you know, has that. Even Paul says, you know, at one point on our church planning journeys, man, we we despaired even of life itself. And, uh, you know, uh, fighting's without, fear's within, man. That's, that's, what we, that's what we do. Hey, it's what I do. <laughs> hey, so Pete, um, talk about your, uh, you, you told me earlier you had a phone call. T- tell us a little bit about that phone call. Yeah, it was um, kind of an interesting phone call. Um, as you know, I do a lot in the uh, the marketing world. I mean, that's that's my uh, bread and butter, so to speak. What what pays the bills and um, and and how I survive that, and I've got a, a couple other companies, but that's the the primary thing that I focus on. I had done an interview with uh, a guy a couple of weeks ago. And um, I'd done it on the Kickstarter campaign that we did to launch Church Planner Magazine. And one of the reasons why he wanted to interview me is he runs a uh, angel investing network. So um, people who are trying to raise money for their ventures and and projects and ideas and stuff like that. And uh, he was actually in the middle of finishing, I should say, not in the middle, but finishing a book on crowdfunding, how you can use crowdfunding to finance uh, your projects and since Church Planner Magazine is obviously a religious magazine, a faith-based magazine, um, he wanted to interview me to talk about you know some of the different things that we did to um, fund that thing. So I did the interview, and the guy is uh, another marketing genius. He's another one of these guys that I can look at and go, man, this guy, is he's on his game. He, he knows what he's doing. And he shared a couple of ideas that at the very end of the interview that I was like, man, these are just hot ideas. I mean, as far as like promoting um, a project such as uh, Church Planner Magazine, because now that we've actually got the thing produced, um, we've got to reach out to the church planning community to let them know about this resource. Because, you know, as you and I like to put it, this is a, a mini conference in every issue. Right. And church planners, I mean, they need this kind of information. Um, we've got just tremendous, I think, tremendous resources. You know, you've been, you're the content editor, and you're sending me all these articles for uh, this next month's uh, edition. <laughs> and I'm sitting here looking at this stuff going, I cannot believe the gold that we have here. Yeah. And, and how much it's going to benefit church planners. Well, it's kind of like, well, I mean... It's kind of like the church message. It doesn't mm. do any good if you never share it. 
you know, yeah. no one else is yeah. going to hear about it. So, I mean, you go out there and you got to share it. Well, that's the stage that, that we're at. And he gave these couple of great ideas. So one of the things that I do in, uh, in business is, and, and really astute businesses do this, and there's just not that many that, that do it. There's not many what I would call really astute businesses. I've got what I call a, a wow campaign. So after I meet someone who I'm like, okay, this is someone I need to stay connected with because I need them to always remember me because one day I might tap on this guy and go, hey, look, you remember me? And one of the ways that I do that is uh, kind of like missionaries have a, a monthly newsletter. Yeah, I've got a monthly newsletter. As you know, you've, you've gotten it for probably a couple yeah. of years now. Yeah, but it's it's not an e-newsletter. It's a physical newsletter that I physically mail to people. It's full color, four pages, um, looks really sharp. Completely has my personality in it because the <laughs> articles in it are like crazy, off the wall stories, talking like I would talk to a, a friend. And um, so it's not stock. It's not canned. It's not some generic thing. And I do not try and be prim and proper in it. Because right. part of what, you know, the, 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 the concept behind there, and this is something, by the way, that church planners need to implement in their own lives as far as with their, uh, the people who are praying for them and the people who have uh, agreed to support them financially. Um, you want to stay in front of those people every month. Otherwise they get tired yeah. and they're like, oh, well, you know, um, we could use that $30 a month somewhere else. You know, uh, Netflix yeah. is, is looking really good right now. We're going to take that money and put it towards that or, you know, something like that. So it's, it's funny that you're saying that Pete, because when I was overseas as a church planner, I would come back and they would book my mission board would book me to speak in all these churches and I would go and they would always send somebody to follow uh, me around. So uh, someone off the mission board would always be there for support. And we would get out of there, and they were always tell me the same thing year after year, appointment after appointment. They say you suck at being a missionary, and they would say, you know, we know you're a great preacher. That, that, but that by the way, is exactly what you want to hear. Exactly. <laughs> they would say, you know, you're not getting it. Like we're over here launching you out there, making sure that you got support, but you're not good at raising support. And I can remember, and I, I I'm sorry to cut you off here, but this is an important point. Uh, to what you're saying, because most church planners, most ministers, missionaries, uh, what they don't like to do is talk about themselves. And so what what happens is you uh, you, you end up, um, you, I, I would say it, I would say I just want to preach. You know, if, I, if they've booked me here to preach, I'm going to preach. And then I notice in the book of Acts that it says that Paul went back to Antioch, back to Jerusalem, and gave missionary reports. It's actually in the book of Acts. I think in a future uh, podcast, what we ought to do, Pete, is do a whole podcast or two on raising support and just going over the newsletter. And and maybe that's something we can do in the next couple of weeks. But but that's one of the things that uh, I just didn't like talking about myself. I felt somehow that was unspiritual, wasn't you know, you're not supposed to talk about yourself. You know, you're bigging yourself up. You're supposed to talk about Jesus and all that's true. But um, the biblical model is that Paul did actually go and give missionary uh, updates. And I had never seen that till this past year. And I called up someone from my mission board and said, hey, guys, I owe you an apology because I always thought I was being spiritual and just trusting God. And I now realize Paul did that. And I really sucked at it. You guys were trying to tell me I wasn't listening. 
and I needed to get better at it. Yeah. Well, and, and he also asked for money and I could never <laughs> do that. <laughs> See, that's, that's something I've never had a problem with. I mean, that was one of our very first conversations. I've never had a problem with money. I've never had a problem asking for money. And part of that is because I'm in sales. I mean, everything yeah. I do, I'm in sales. So selling is communicating. It's asking for money. It's asking for the check. And um, so anyway, so, and, and by the way, I think we should really talk about how to do a good newsletter that goes back to your supporters because there, there is a right way to do it. And I would say most that I see are doing it the wrong way. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, to give you an example, I literally have people who I've never met that one way or another, they got on my newsletter list and they move and they're like calling me up going, Hey, I've been getting your newsletter for the last eight months. Can I still get it? Here's my new address. Mm. And they're preemptively telling me where to send my newsletter. So, you know, when was the last time someone preemptively reached out to you and said, Hey, by the way, I'm going to be moving. Here's my new address. Can you make sure I still get your missionary newsletter? It Never. Yeah, be, because they're not interested in it. So that means they're probably not reading it, which then kicks you in the gut even more because you're like, well, I'm spending all this time and then I'm spending all this money. And of course, most people always, they, they try and do things on the cheap. Well, I'm just going to email it. Let me tell you, there's a huge value in physical mail. And the more Twitter, Facebook, email takes over, the more the physical mail is going to have a bigger impact on people because they get less of it. So even though I could deliver this newsletter electronically, I never do. Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, I took a bunch of my old uh, editions of my, my newsletter. One of the reasons I have overprints done is so I can, when I meet certain people, I can, you know, stick a bunch in there. So um, one of my favorite ones, and, and you know this, uh, Peyton, uh, one of my old uh, college um, roommates was uh, the Navy SEAL who wrote the book, No Easy Day. He was on the mission that, that got bin Laden. And so... Um, I always include that like with everything. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm friends with this guy. I was joking with a buddy of mine. I go, yeah, my biggest claim to fame is I know the guy who was on the mission that got Bin Laden. You know, like, like I guess there's apparently some bragging rights in knowing the guy as opposed to, you know, just being a, a typical schmuck that I am. So, um, so anyway, you know, I put a bunch of newsletters together and I've got a bunch of audio CDs of interviews I've done or been interviewed on and uh, put a copy of one of my books in there and I mailed it off to this guy. And part of the reason why I did that is he brought up, you know, a marketing tip that was just so outrageous on this Kickstarter campaign. I was like, I've got to find out more information about this. But because he's such a big wig and he runs this uh, angel investors network and, and all this other stuff, I was like, you know, I got to, you know, I almost, I got to befriend him. Right. I can't just, you know, be sitting there going, Hey, can I have more of your knowledge and information? You know, I, I wanted to give him something first. So I mailed it out to him. Um, I, I mail it priority mail because I want to get a delivery receipt. I want to know when they actually got it. And then I waited a few more days, and then I reached back out to him via email. And it was funny because he he goes, hey, um, I've been reading your stuff, and I realize that you and I have a lot more things that we need to talk about. Do you have time to talk? So we scheduled a call for today, and... Um, because of uh, you know your schedule being there, uh, trying to get this adoption going through, we had to move mm -hmm. the the recording of this podcast. 
So I moved my call with him and I happened to have it before we're recording this. And so anyway, um, he reaches out to me and he's looking for a CEO for one of his companies that they've already invested uh, millions in. And essentially he's like, look, I, I think you might be the guy for this and I'm willing to give you an equity stake in this. And what's ironic is I was approached to be an investor in this company in 2010 and when I was approached to be an investor, I was like, okay, this is actually the first company that makes financial sense to me. Now, what I mm. want everyone to understand is people get approached all the time to be an investor in something, but I run a registered investment advisory firm. That's one of the companies that that I run. So, and I've been in the financial world for, what is this, 2013? So I've been doing it for 13 years. I'm not a newbie to it. So when I say... I'm looking at a company and I'm going, okay, this is the first one that actually makes sense to me at a, you know, what we call a, a private placement uh, offering. So that we're a non-public company. Um, it's saying something, right? And I didn't know that was this guy, right? I had no idea until our call today. So, uh, and in fact, I joked with them. I go, you know, the only reason why I didn't invest with you in 2010 is no one followed up with me. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was a guy sitting on some money and you wanted it and never yeah. followed up with me. That was that was your mistake. <laughs> but uh, I literally believe that this company is a, a billion dollar company in the next three <clears throat> to five years. And he's like, look, I'll give you up to 30 percent, let's say over a three year vesting uh, equity in the company to be a CEO of this. And part of the reason uh, why he was talking to me was really because of the uh the faith-based uh kickstarter campaign and you know us me walking them through here's what we did why we did it and a, a part of this thing is a a, a christian based um it's a technology play i don't want to get into the whole thing because you know, sure. it's not my my place to really talk about all of the the specifics of it sure and um and i mean the guy's a the guy's a christian and so he's like, look, I, I need a Christian on board who understands what we're trying to do with this from a Christian standpoint, but who also understands business and marketing, which is, you know, what my, my sweet spot is. And so, and he's like, and you know, maybe it's not you, maybe it's someone that, you know, and you know, that's what we call the takeaway, right? You know, that's the, oh, uh, you know, maybe it's not you, but maybe you know somebody. Cause like, he didn't want to like directly say, Hey, look, you're the guy I'm, I'm honing in on. And so I just said to him, I go, well, look, you know, tell me exactly what you're looking for. And he's kind of, you know, him and Han around it. I go, no, wait, let me tell you, or I go, let me ask you exactly what you're looking for. And the reason is, is because it's not me. I'm not the guy for you. And mm. he was kind of taken back by that. And I said, you know, I might know somebody because I know a lot of people, obviously in the ministry world. And I know a lot of people in the business world. And I know a lot of people who I trust in the business world who claim to be Christian. Cause we always make the joke on, on the business side. You, you talk to another true authentic Christian in the business world and you ask them, do you do business with people who claim they're Christian? And you usually say, no, I put my hand over my wallet and I slowly back out of the room, never turn it around to let them see my wallet. Cause people who claim to be Christian in business are usually the biggest sharks out there. Yeah. And, um, so I'm like, you, you know, the guy was taken back by my response yeah, I mean that that's pretty amazing, Pete, cuz you know, I mean, you know, the guys basically telling you this company is going to be billions. I mean, you have a keen business mind. I mean, it's it's not like anyone's going to snow you over. You you know. 
you know when stuff's going to work. And I remember uh, you even tell me this guy's got a great idea. Like this is this is something that uh, is going to is going to hit. And yet, I mean, your response, Pete, was completely. I mean, it, it, it's it's surprising, you know. No, I'm not your dude. I can do the work, but Pete, why did you turn it down? I think that's kind of the. You know, I, me knowing you and, and, and what you're capable of, I know you can do it. And I know he knows that you can do it. Um, what was the reason that you told him no? You know, I think there's kind of, and, you know, I, I'm saying this a couple hours after having talked to the guy uh, today. So, I mean, who, who knows, right? It could change in the future. Maybe one day I am the guy. But I don't, I don't feel that I am today. And, and the main reason for me is, and I, I explained this to him. I said, look, my entire focus right now is on Church Planner Magazine. If you had come to me six months ago, before Church Planner Magazine was even a glimmer in our eye, before we even had that conversation that literally led to the creation of Church Planner Magazine, I probably would have been all over it. I would have been like, dude, this is for me. This is, this is the move. Uh, you know, 30%, I'm going to easily be worth $300 million in three to five years. I'm in. I mean, I... That, that would have been me, but, and I, and I explain this to the guy, I go, first of all, I truly believe that as far as where I'm at today, God has called me to doing Church Planner Magazine, mm-hmm. and it may not be that way a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, God might call me to go do something else and turn over Church Planner Magazine to someone else. I don't know, right? I, I don't know what God's got in the future plans for me, but... One of the things I, I said to him, and I, I truly believe this, um, and, and believe me, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn because I, I, I'm the biggest sinner I know, right? Okay, I'm not. I'm, we were talking about this earlier in the week, and one of the comments I, I said to you, Peyton, is I go, I don't understand people who are like, oh, you know, I made it through that hour without sinning. I'm like, how do you make it more than 30 seconds without sinning? I don't get mm-hmm. it, man. You got skills that I don't have because I, I don't, I don't understand how you can pull that off. I mean, and that's actually one of the things too, that as I look at the life of Jesus, I'm like, he had to have been God, right? Because it's impossible to not sin. Mm. I like, I, I can't help, but I'm, I'm quick to anger. I'm an arrogant prick. Most of the time. I mean, it's like, how, how do you not sin? And, um, Anyway, that, that that's a side note. So, but one of the things I said to him, and I, I truly believe this, I said, look, my entire life has been about making money, something that I've always felt I was pretty good at. And I've been a Christian my entire life. You know, I shared that on the very first uh, podcast that we did, Peyton, that I had a very real experience when I was five years old, when I heard the gospel story. And I was like, that's for me. I want to mm. be a Christian. Yeah, And even though, and I've said this in the magazine, and I've said this on the podcast, church has always bored me, but God never has bored me. Mm. And even though there, there have been times in my life where I've been close to God and times in my life when I've been far from God, I've always known the difference between right and wrong, and I've always known that there was a God and that I was falling short. And... And I just said to him, I go, look, I've lived my whole life being a Christian, being good at making money, and I'm doing Church Planner Magazine, and I don't know where the money's going to come from. I mean, we're technically in the hole on Church Planner Magazine. 
um, between the money that we raised from Kickstarter, which wasn't much. I mean, we, we raised $4,800 after all the, the fees that Amazon and Kickstarter take. I think we brought in like 4300 and then all the money that we put out to, to actually launch the thing. I mean, we're in the hole. I don't know probably a thousand bucks. So not a lot. Right. But I mean, we're in the hole. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know where the money is going to come from this thing, but yet I know that this is what God's called me to do. And I want to do something in my life that has an internal implication that, that has an impact yeah. eternally for people. Yeah. And well, that, yeah, sorry, sorry. No, Go I was ahead. just going to say, you know, church planners to me, Church planners are on the front lines, right? They're the guys that are in the trenches in World War II going, you know, send me in the battle. They, yeah. they, they go to the, the worst parts of the city. I mean, uh, I look at next month's issue of Church Planner Magazine. Okay, we interviewed, um, what's his name? Uh, Joel Miller? Meyer? What's his last Joel name? Joel Meyer. Joel Meyer, yeah. who is in the middle of uh, Belize. Isn't it Belize City in Belize? Yeah, Port Loyola. Port Loyola, Belize. I mean, and I think he said in his interview, they're like 150 feet away. Their church is 150 feet away from the headquarters for one of the local gangs. And we're not yeah. talking about like, you know, oh, we're a gang. We're talking about like Brazil or uh, Brazil, uh, Belize gangs where it's like, we'll just kill you. Yeah. And I mean, they, as he, <clears throat> as he says in his interview, uh, you know, he and his son have seen people shot right in front of him. I mean, you know, I, I get his newsletter and every, almost every newsletter, he's updating you that so-and-so who he's asked you to pray for, um, has been shot and killed. That's almost every single newsletter is a report of somebody dying. So I've been getting his newsletter. He was in my church planning class that I taught. Um, when I first got back, I did a, a summer long course called fit for the field that trained up a bunch of guys. Oh no, actually, no, he wasn't in that. He would, he took my university course online and, um, sorry, that's, that's where I met him. Yeah. And, uh, he was one of my students. So I signed up for his newsletter, not knowing the stuff that he was dealing with. And, uh, it, it just blew me away. And, you know, uh, another conversation I had this week, I got a call from a guy, um, actually in the Philippines. And, you know, he, he's a, he's from the U S he's from Texas. Actually, he's a missionary to the Philippines and the guy is fired up about church planning. And he's, he even said, he goes, I think everybody should be church planning. I mean, that's what we're called to do is a church plant. So he's telling me about how it's like in the Philippines. And we're going to interview this guy on one of the future podcasts, but he's in, uh, I think he's in Manila city is, is where he's actually at. The thriller from Manila. <laughs> exactly. And so he, he goes, um, you know, I've done all the stats on it. In the U.S., in the average uh, major metropolitan city in the U.S., one square mile has 2,000 people living in it. Yeah. And he goes, it's pretty much the same from L.A. to Chicago. I think it's a little bit higher in New York, according to him. But, you know, it's, it's essentially 2,000 people per uh, square mile. He goes, here in the Philippines... Well, it, yeah, he goes here in the Philippines, an average square mile has 50,000 people in it, hmm. not 2,000, 50,000. He goes, the average person in America, their bedroom is 10 feet by 12 feet, just their bedroom. He goes in the Philippines, that's a family of eight living in a, a 10 by 12. He wow. goes, it's completely different. 
as far as that's concerned. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting is he goes, look, our church, and there's not many churches in the Philippines. He goes, our church holds 10,000 people and we have 20,000 people a weekend come. So, I mean, you know, this is almost like Rick Warren Saddleback time, right? 20,000. Right. He goes, that doesn't even take care of one square mile in the Philippines. He goes, how can we not be planning more churches? You know, we could literally go one mile over and be just fine putting up another church because we're not even hitting that that one square. And now, of course, obviously, people are coming in from further than one mile. But you understand what my point is, is that there's that much room uh, for, for church expansion. And so, you know, I look at all this stuff and I'm like, to me, I, I got to do something that's for the kingdom. And I've said this before. I don't think right now God has called me to to plant a church. Um, he might very well in the future, and I'm totally open to that if that's what God leads me to. In fact, uh, one of the thoughts that I had the other day is, you know, after we do this between the podcast and the Church Planner magazine, I'd say after uh, about two years, there will probably not be another person on the planet who knows more about church planning than me. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe 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 Ed Stetzer. You know, I actually think that I'll rival him as far as knowledge. Now, practical application, he's he's got a, a way way more on me. <laughs> but, but, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. I'm at the vortex of the of the funnel, and and I mean, this is like the greatest learning experience ever. So, I mean, um, I, who knows what the future will have, and 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 you know what what I'll, God will call me to do in the future. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that that I've shared with you is uh, I do think that I, I absolutely know that God is calling me to to get off the the sidelines and get into the big game. Yeah, and um and so you know I'm I'm starting to to realize that's what my role is, and it's more than just Church Planner Magazine. It's actually you know in our um, home base city of Long Beach of of getting involved there yeah. and doing more. So I think you know. For those of us church planners, that's a really important point because I think the uh, church planners have been listening and kind of thinking, hey, where, you know, what does this have to do with church planning? I, it has everything to do with church planning. Here's why um, every church planner wants to see the people that he's planning with go through exactly what you've gone through. I mean, here you are, we've been talking about you're a, a marketer, um, you're an entrepreneur. Um, marketing is kind of like the devil uh, to church people. They somehow see that, that the two don't go together, which is completely wrong anyways. Um, but but the whole idea that, you know, you're the guy, you're like the least likely candidate to, um, if, if we had a yearbook and we had a picture, least likely candidate to um, leave business and pursue mission, uh, your, your picture would be right there, Pete. And, oh, yeah. and yet it, it's so funny because... You I'd know, nominate uh, myself for that, by the way. Absolutely, because you know you, you you're a guy where you can make money. Like that's not an issue. Here, this guy offers you something, and you're like, no, I, it's all about mission for me. I, it takes me back to that first phone call that you and I had, where you basically you told me just point blank, you go, look, I I have no problem making money. Um, that's not hard for me. Uh, but you you went on to say, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing spiritually. And, you know, and it was interesting because you're like, I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know this. And now you're all about ministry to the point where you're, you're literally turning down 
multi-million dollar contracts. Well, you uh, know, and I to, to to bring a little bit more human element to this, I did make one really big mistake. I told my wife about it. <laughs> I was going to save you on the phone. Just don't tell Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, "Why can't you do that?" <laughs> She's like, come on, you can do that. I'm like, what, what makes it even worse is what you said to me this week. And he, we were talking on the phone and you said, Hey, Peyton, let's give the magazine away for free this year. And, and, and that, you know, it's kind of like I made a point in church zero saying businessmen do not make good kingdom decisions because what they, and, and you're proving me wrong because what's happened is normally a businessman comes in and he says, he looks at everything the crazy minister wants to do and says, no, that's a bad investment because he's only thinking dollars. He's only doing the math and he's thinking profit, gain, and yet something spiritually is happening to you. This is what we want all of our well, people. Well, I, I think to be fair in that, I think in giving away the magazine, we have the potential to bring in more money, which okay. it's just most yeah. people don't understand that concept. And the reason is, is because – we can get money from sponsors at that point or, or what people would normally call advertisers. Okay. And fair enough on that. But I remember you saying in the very beginning, it's not about the money. I know no. that money, yeah. you could make so much more money doing other stuff. Yeah. I know that money yeah. is a tool to promote the kingdom for you at this point. And this is, this is what I'm saying is I'm watching your heart. You've just become so passionate about this stuff that, um, you know, it's just been awesome. And so you're an embodiment of what every apostolic leader wants to see. So, so for example, like, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't be holding me up too high. Uh, I'm, I'm just a dude <laughs> who's a big time sinner. However, and we can and do a show where, on that. What's that? We can do a show on that. <laughs> me being a big time sinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you want, if we can talk, all we have to that. do is take any hour of my life and let's just focus on that hour. And that's but, enough. But honestly now, but honestly now, because with church planners, that's what we want to see. To me, I would always sit and think, you know, all I really need, because we would always just barely scrape it by as missionaries. And I remember uh, just thinking church planning is where it's at. If people understood church planning, they'd be given to that. Instead, often what people do is they give. If, if a businessman, for example, he looks at a church, it's a mega church, he sees it as a business and says, they're doing well. Um, they're using their resources wisely. Um, they're, they're, they're growing, they're expanding like any business should. But the church planner never gets that kind of exposure. If a businessman could see on a spiritual level the impact that's happening in the kingdom of God, then I think you would see more people investing in the work of church planning. But it's just the kind of thing that people don't know about. And it doesn't follow any kind of business model. But you, you kind of start realizing, wow, you know what? This is, it's like us in Long Beach. You know, if, if we see people get saved, we're going to see them maybe locked up again in violation of parole. Or maybe because we're in uh, Long Beach and it's a transient city in L.A. County, um, we're going to see people move on. Or we're going to see somebody locked up in the uh, in in the uh, the psychiatric hospital for a while because they got so many problems. That, you know they're going to hurt themselves if they're alone. But but we're impacting people's lives, and then they come out, and there's like this almost kind of revolving door at times where if you're out to really change people's lives, um, then then that's going to be a different model than building a church 
to become an entity unto itself. And, and, yeah. and that's, that's what Paul had. Uh, that's what, that, that's that kingdom mindset that we're trying to get people to understand. And it, that's what you're showing. That's what you're talking about, really, is you're saying. Well, it's, you know, for, for me too, it's also really hard to ignore that, in, in my opinion, we have totally seen God show up in Church Planner magazine. Yeah. I mean, right oh, from the very beginning where it was like, I told you this. It was like a week before our Kickstarter campaign was over. We're only at like, I don't know, 40% funded. And I'm like, dude, it's not going to happen. I'm like, this is not going to happen. Which just, and it did, right? We overfunded it by a thousand bucks. And, you know, one thing literally after the other, this week, as an example, um, I reached out to this guy. Uh, I don't even know how I found this guy, Eddie Williams. He's an NFL player. He's played for the Chicago Bears, Seattle Seahawks, um, Washington Redskins, and um, and he's a pastor. And he was interviewed on ESPN's Over the Line. His name is Eddie Williams. And he was interviewed because he's a pastor and because he's an NFL player. And the, the story was on, um, you know, some player who's gay, who's coming out, uh, and he's an NFL player, right? NFL or basketball, or they had a, a couple of different ones in the story. And, um, and I couldn't believe the, the clips that they actually played of Eddie because he was just, you know, as I would say, he's lowering the hammer for Jesus and not like slamming homosexuals, but like, look, homosexuality is a sin like I sin every day, like plenty of heterosexual sin. And it just means that we need Jesus. I couldn't believe that ESPN actually played this stuff because he was like, look, I'm just grateful for the grace of God. Yeah. And his own sister's a lesbian. Um, He's got cousins who are lesbians. He's got a friend in ministry who deals with uh, homosexual tendencies. And, um, but just, to me, I, I'm like watching this, right? So I reach out to him because he, he mentions on Twitter that he's going to be in Southern California where we're at. And so I say, hey, man, if you're going to be in Southern California, I'd like to interview you for Church Planner Magazine. So we got together yesterday and uh, I got to interview him for the magazine. Just a phenomenal uh, interview. Just great stuff that this guy is doing. He's a youth pastor. Um, and then, of course, he's at a conference. So then he's like, hey, and his, <laughs> here's the kicker, man. His father-in-law is the the lead pastor at the church. And so his father-in-law, Roy, says, hey, look, um, I'm here because I'm going to be praying for Eddie while he's doing this interview. And I mean, like, that was hmm. his whole purpose in being there. He's like, look, I'm just going to be praying for Eddie while you guys are doing this interview. Wow. And uh, I mean, how cool is that? Like, that's your father-in-law, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, and he's probably stoked because he's looking at this guy going, you know, he's married to my daughter, <laughs> you know? I I mean, I'd be praying every day too for for my son-in-law if that were the case. (laughs) But, um, and then after we're done with the interview, he's like, Hey, I got to introduce you to all these guys over here. And they're with the, uh, the vineyard, um, um, church group. He's like, yeah, this is the guy who's head of uh, church planning over here at vineyard. And they're like, Hey, we're doing a church planning beach party today, Friday. Uh, you know, why don't you come out to it? We're going to interview or introduce you to a bunch of people. And there's some people there we'd like you to interview. It's like one thing after the other, I keep seeing God show up and I'm like, how am I going to run away from that? Because, you know, one of the really cool videos uh, that I watched online was um, of Francis Chan, who obviously every time that guy speaks, I mean, it's just like, 
everyone enjoys it, right? I mean, the guy has got a gift when it comes to speaking. And he's talking about, you know, we get so concerned over this, this. He's got this rope in his hand, right? And he goes, we get so concerned over this little dot of time right here when we've got eternity to focus on. I mean, there's all mm. this other that's ahead of us. And so that that's part of the reason why, I, you know, I look at different opportunities that are out there and I'm like, that has no impact on eternity. Like, I don't know what the future's got, but the the, the more I get into this church planning deal, and it's really because of the church planning that I've really um, got a, a, a different take on Christianity, a different passion on Christianity, whereas before I would say my Christianity was all about me, focusing on me. Mm. What yeah. do I need to do to live a good life, you know? One day I'm going to be before God and I, you know, I want God to pat me on the head and say, Hey, you know, um, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant, but I'm not doing anything. I'm literally not doing yeah. a thing. And, and I'm worried about me. And, and you and I have this conversation all the time, Peyton, where, you know, God doesn't need us, right? I mean, God's at work already, but he delights when we use our gifts for his pleasure or for his glory. Yeah. That was something that he, he said working to me. Through us. That's, that's his favorite. I mean, you know, yeah. there's lots of ways I could get to work. You know, I can skateboard, I could ride, you know, ride a bike, I could run, I could walk. I, but my favorite would be like going there and, you know, on a motorcycle. And, you know, it's kind of like Jesus is going, you know, when, when I'm working through you and I'm getting there through you, that's, that's like riding a Harley to me. You know, that's what I love. And that's what Jesus wants to do is he, he'll do it without us. He'll work around us. He'll work in spite of us, but he loves to work through us. And it's like we've talked before. It's the, the reason why we, we do what we do. It, well, it's not necessarily the reason, but one of the ways that I look at it is it's who God wants to turn me into. So I'm not, I'm not complete yet. I'm not who God has envisioned Pete Mitchell to be. Yeah, amen. And I'm not going to get there until I start doing what he wants me to do. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so true, man. And and part of that is, you know, you watch it happen. You watch, you know, I it started with me when I was sitting in that office and I was kind of hopeless. I was looking out the window, why does what I do look nothing like what 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 Paul does? And just there was a despair that came with that that I thought, you know, I'll never never be doing the stuff like they're doing in the book of Acts. And um, there was this dissatisfaction. There was, there was a little bit of um, depression and despair. But you know what? Those questions and those longings and that dissatisfaction were from the Holy Spirit. You know, it was him saying, I'll take you there. But you, you had to see this first. And that's definitely, you know, going back to that phone conversation, it's just amazing. You know, this is like the story of two phone calls. You know, the, the first one where you said, hey, I'm making all this money, but I don't know what my purpose is um, to today, which is like the flip side of that. Where you are like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I don't I, I could make all that money, but uh, you know what? The reality is I know what my purpose is and I can't be sidelined from it right now. I've yeah. got to do. I, I know God's what it is today, at least. Yeah. And, you know, and that. Brings me to what we were originally going to talk about, and I hope we haven't wasted too much time on this podcast talking about this crazy story. But, um, and I mean, and to be fair about that story, I mean, it, there were obviously still some drawbacks to it. I mean, it's, 
I, I believe in three to five years, my sh- take of that could have easily been $300 million. And who knows? Hopefully God will bless me with $300 million anyway. I'd, I'd really love to have that that burden, you know, to deal with that much money. But, um, but, but uh, so much of what current uh, churchianity in the United States looks like is it's, it's all about me. It's all about um, the, the services for me. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, on Chris Langham's uh, podcast that I did last week with him while you were out. Uh, I shared with him a story, a, a buddy of mine and I, when we were in high school, we were visiting some other church and I don't remember why we were visiting another church. Uh, during my high school years, I didn't go to my dad's church because uh, he was at a point where he's like, you know, you need to go find your own church. And, you know, just because mm. I'm your your dad and the pastor doesn't mean this is the church for you. And um, and so my buddy and I were visiting this other church. And, and this is how self-absorbed we were. My buddy, when we got done with that service, he was like, yeah, but don't you think church service would just be three songs you know, and then a half hour of uh, preaching, and then let us go home. <laughs> you know, <It> was like, <laughs> and you know, here's me going. Yeah. Don't prolong the agony. <laughs> yeah, don't. Prol- I mean, church is boring. <laughs> Come on, man. We did our Christian duty. We came to church. You know, so. Um, but that's you know that that's part of you know what we kind of refer to as churchianity here in the United States. Yeah. That we, we've turned it into all about us. In fact. We have, yeah. We had something like that happen at Refuge Long Beach a couple of weeks ago. Do you want to talk about that on the on this particular? You know, podcast? I I actually want to save that for the next podcast because I think I think what we talked about today, um, you know, is enough just to give church planners a vision for you know those. Like I said, I used to think all I need is one donor. If I had a donor like you years ago, um, you know, and and you know. Uh, just to be clear to that, I don't have one donor, and it's not Pete Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> Pete Mitchell is not my sugar daddy no. or my daddy. I don't think I've ever actually uh, contributed to your ministry. So, I mean, and that's know. what makes it beautiful is money. Money's not even a part of our partnership. So, you know, the the deal is is that um, what, what I'm saying is, you know, I I have you know basically uh, just loads of people believe in what I'm doing. They get behind and support through giving to Newbury Church Planning, and it's cool. You know, we barely squeak by. And some some months we do better than others. But I remember thinking if I could just get that one donor, but those guys aren't interested. Um, and and the reality is everybody's the same. It doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is. Um, if you're a Christian, then the Holy Spirit inside of you is just waiting to just run at this stuff. And it's just it's just an illustration, you know. Like I was saying about the evangelist and the apostle, the evangelist goes and gets the lost people, brings them in. The apostle takes the safe people and gets them out. And so a church planner is very much a motivator of people, and he can't help it. It's not like, oh, if you're a good church planner, you do this. If you have the apostolic calling, you can't help doing it. It's what you, it's what you do. It's what you generate around you. Um, just like if you hang out with an evangelist, you think, oh, I want to go and get lost people and bring them into church. They're doing that, and it's working. All of these leaders in Ephesians 4 pull on you. But, you know, I think it's just an encouragement, Pete, your story uh, today to church planners of, you know what, I should never lose hope. I should never say to myself, oh, that guy wouldn't be interested. If he's a Christian, he's got the Holy Spirit. He may not see it today, but take him with you and watch the transformation. Hey, thanks for joining us today for the podcast, Church Planner Podcast. 
Next week, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about something that happened to us, which we laughed about, um, but was actually pretty serious. And we want to just go off that. It was a letter that we got. Um, it was a complaint. It was a criticism. We want to talk a little bit about how you deal with uh, complaints, criticisms, people throwing rocks at you, and what to do about it. So that's going to be on our next episode of Church Planner Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, the, this is Peyton signing off from my hotel room somewhere in Minnesota. <laughs> and Pete Mitchell signing off from the beautiful uh, Seal Beach area. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music